0: Se Goli Vasanabh Guru Parampara ki jaya, Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki jaya, Gaudpremanande Bodhi. Good evening. Good evening. Reading from the Gita, we're coming now to the end of the sixth chapter. Two verses
1: here,
0: I'll read. And we have some brief discussion. Krishna says, pibhya, Tapas Diko yogi gyanibhyo pimatodika karma karmi bhyascha diko yogi tasma yogi vabharjuna yoginamapi sarvesham Adgatenam taratmana shradhavam bhajate jumam Same yuktatamo mataha. So this is the end of the first six chapters of the Gita. The Gita is uh, constituted of 18 chapters and they're divided into three sections. So six in the beginning, six in the middle, and six in the end. And uh, the first six is, there is while well, there's overlapping of these themes, three theme, themes that the three sixes deal with, The uh, first six primarily deals with the the psychology of yoga and the nature of the self, and the middle six chapters are um, where we find the theology of the Gita, and so a significant other is introduced, Um, and that would be, of course, a significant consciousness other in in which the self, which is the unit of consciousness, can repose its capacity or propensity to love. And then the last six chapters deal in, in some detail with uh, the metaphysics uh the Gita or the metaphysical uh, playing out the metaphysical realities uh, with regard to the self and its relation to matter and matter's relationship to God and uh, God's relationship with the self and so, so on. And so. The end of the sixth chapter is uh, segueing into or introducing the seventh chapter and the middle sixth chapters, the theology of the Gita. We're going here from knowledge about, to cite the famic, famous uh, Upanishadic aphorism, Tat-tvam-asi, Tat-tvam-asi. Uh, there's two things here, tvam and tat. Tuam means you and tut means that. Or tuam, better translated, I would say uh, tuam means you and tut means um, his. To say that you are that is a little confusing. <laughs> you are that. <laughs> but to say that you are his, uh, that's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's an obvious union in that. hmm? If you are mine, then you and I are one, hmm, in a dynamic sense. As I've often said, if you and I come together in love, then you and I uh, become we. You and I are still there, but there's a unit. There's a unity that wasn't there previously. But I want to call it a dynamic unity because you and I still exist. Uh, the we hasn't done away with you and I, but it's kind of caused you and I to to, to grow and develop, I would say, into our fullest uh, potential. <laughs> hmm? So, while the first six chapters as I said deal with the self, so they deal with you, what you are, what the self is, uh, what what consciousness is, and what matter is and what the difference is. What matters hmm, really is you. That which is a unit of experiencing capacity that really gives from which or through which matter in all of its forms derives (coughs) meaning, uh, value, uh, names, uh, so on and so forth. So that which Gives, if you will, value to matter has more value than matter, mm-hmm. and we are of that uh, nature. In other words, matter matters because someone matters. It matters about it, mm-hmm. and that mattering is is something that matter doesn't do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so there's a there's a very uh, big, if you will, difference between experience and that which merely has the capacity to be experienced we find nothing in matter hmm, that it remotely resol- re- resembles experiencing hmm? sometimes the example of matter is given a uh, uh, um, uh, uh, example of how matter works this is billiard balls bouncing on the pool table hmm. so they you know they bounce around and hit one another and so on and so forth similarly molecules atoms and whatnot, they're bouncing around and and whatnot but we never think that the bouncing of the billiard balls will turn into consciousness and the capacity to experience themselves and say that hurt uh, <laughs> uh, or where did that one go when one goes down in the hole or something those kind of questions just don't arise on the, amongst billiard balls and uh, similarly that kind of feeling thinking questioning it doesn't arise in, in matter and there are reasons that people would like to conclude that thoughtful people even there are reasons uh, based on uh, empiric analysis of the world and what it uh, is made up of, its basic forces and modern science's ability to harness them and and bring about different effects with the help of technology and so forth. Um, a lot of uh, there have been a lot of accomplishments with modern science and technology, which lead people to 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 um, Believe that there's really nothing outside of matter that consciousness is is not um, it's some kind of a aberration or something that uh, it certainly doesn't have much of much value from an evolutionary point of view. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this is really quite a good point actually, um, because as much as from an evolutionary point of view. Uh, a Darwinian evolutionary point of view, we are thought to um, survive by uh, getting the upper hand, so to speak, and um, the fittest will sur- survive. And what we find in consciousness and self-awareness, for example, that we find in, in human society, is a is a very strong tendency to let someone else go first uh, and to do voluntarily. Uh, uh, um, uh, do acts of, of, of kindness and so forth. And, uh, so they, they could call it a misfiring of the brain, but I would think that the whole human condition then is a misfiring of the brain because this tendency to, to give rather than to take it, it's very prominent. In, in fact, it very much defines human society. Hmm? Um, in, for example, in 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 relation characterizes it in relation to less complex forms of life where we find the struggle is such that, you know, we don't if we have uh when we call a herd of cows to come and feed, we don't find anyone saying, You go first or, you know, I've had enough. Would you like some something something like that? Um so anyway, this is a big topic, we won't go in in detail, I have in other discussions, but the consciousness is significant and there's nothing in matter that's like it we can't define it because we define things by finding things that we can compare things to it's not a thing hmm? so it's indefinable really but that doesn't make that makes it seem less tangible hmm? but actually what is being said when we say that it's not definable we're saying it's not reducible to matter Anything that is matter can be defined because it's a thing or a force of, uh, in relation to other things. Forces, physicalism, naturalism, and so. Forth. So we think we can define everything, describe everything, know everything. But some the things doing the describing. How does how does the ruler measure itself? Mm. And we are the measurer. Mm. We are doing the measuring. So it's a very different thing. It's not a thing at all. The best things in life are not things, as a matter of fact. And we are of the nature of that. So we are that. You are that. <coughs> but the second six chapters of the Gita try to define in greater detail that you are that, tattva The first six chapters dealing with you hmm, in a very basic sense. And in the second six set chapters, in a sense, well, the you, are, the you are, is also being dealt with, but, but but all that you could be given uh, the right environment. Just to give you an example. Each of us is, is an individual and we have our virtues and, and, and whatnot. Um, but it's often found in human society that when we meet another person, we we, we, we fall in love with another person, we become more. Mm. They they bring out the best in us. It was there, but it, it couldn't come out mm, without that, uh, that 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 uh, that that environment. Mm. And so, uh, you know, a, a young guy feels awkward until he, you know he, somebody really likes him. Uh, uh, he Finds a girl who really likes him. He feels better about himself and able to function in the world with some confidence and and so on and so forth. So. Uh, <laughs> so, similarly, from a spiritual point of view, it, an atom, if you will, of consciousness, an atomic particle of consciousness, that's prone, as we can see, to a an unfortunate condition. While as much as we've we've emphasized the fact that consciousness is superior to matter and that it gives meaning to matter, matter wouldn't, only matters because there's some conscious entity experiencing it and and, and, uh, mattering about it, Um, but it finds itself, this atomic particle of consciousness, often overwhelmed by matter, by the influence of matter. Hmm? Mind is a manifestation of matter in a subtle form according to the Gita. The senses and the gross body are a manifestation of of matter, and they overwhelm us. In other words, we, we often know that something may not be good for us, but we we do it anyway, not often, but <laughs> too often hmm? something like that so this is this is a this is an embarrassing uh predicament hmm? and to extrapolate upon that, it, really what it amounts to is that this superior ontologically superior substance called consciousness hmm, is being overwhelmed by an inferior substance called matter that doesn't matter without that consciousness. But when consciousness starts to be concerned about matter and identify with it and and give it meaning and so forth, its own meaning, the unit of consciousness, starts to get lost. Um, I've given an example before that it takes a viewer to turn on the television. Hmm? So, obviously... The, the 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 viewer is superior to the to the television, and it gives meaning to the television. But a lot of people get meaning from the television rather than giving meaning to the television. They turn it on, but then it takes over their life. Hmm? Or now there's a phenomenon amongst uh, uh, a younger generation, largely I've heard that you know the, the virtual world of the computer, computer games and so forth take over their lives. Hmm? You know they have a life that's so superior, vastly superior, to that, um, if you will, um, without which that computer game or virtual world uh, doesn't really exist. Hmm. So, despite the fact that we are superior to matter by in our constitution, we find ourselves at times overwhelmed by it, which says to us very something very important. It says to us, yes, you are consciousness. Sometimes. Uh, if you, if let's say, for example, you ask the question, "What in the world most resembles God?" What in the world most resembles God? If we thought about it, we would say, "Well, we do," inasmuch as we are consciousness, conscious entities, hmm? and that consciousness is different than the world, as I said, hmm? which is something that is experienced rather than being experienced, or the two consciousness and matter combined kind of make the world, if you will, but consciousness is driving it. Hmm? So so in a simplistic way, we say, well, th- what is most like God in the world is you. Think of it like that. Hmm? You are God. Hmm? Um, and and it, there's 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 room for that, and there are statements like that in the texts, the sacred texts. Um, but they're provisional, uh, <laughs> If you let's say, for example, let's say let's say for example, uh, two people live in a cave their whole life, so they don't know anything about sunlight. One of them happens to get out of the cave and experience sunlight. How is he going to explain that to the other fellow in the cave? Uh, you know, what is he going to compare it to? <laughs> I've lived in the darkness my whole life, and you want to talk to me about light. Well, you know, (laughs) there's no frame of reference. So if he then cracks a little hole in the cave wall, and a ray of the sun comes through, he says, this is the sun. So a person goes, wow, yeah, that's different. (laughs) That's different. Um, And it's true. But to identify the ray of the sun in the dark cave, as the sun, as much as that's accurate, it's not the whole picture. It tells you nothing about the sun's capacity to, 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 to produce vegetation, um, to evaporate water, or bring rain, and all of the things, uh, fascinating the things that it does. The vitality um, that it brings to the body, that the, the enlivenment that it brings to the mind. On the sunny day, I feel. Good and that guy has to come outside of the cave hmm, and stand in the sun, Um, but provisionally we can say this is the sun. Hmm? So provisionally we say you are God. Hmm? God is consciousness. You are consciousness. You are that. Hmm? But the second six chapters seek to look more, take us out of the cave, so to speak, and look more at more detail at that. And that which, unlike ourselves, while there's a similarity between ourselves and the Godhead, unlike ourselves, that never comes underneath the, the cloud, so to speak, to use another analogy. If you go high enough in the sky in an airplane, you know it's always sunny out.
2: Hmm?
0: Right. But for some of us, on some days, the clouds uh, separate us, apparently, from the sun. Hmm? Um So, there's a place and there's a source, hmm, if you will, a dham, hmm, a place beyond time and space, the abode of the Godhead, and it's always, it's self-luminous. And going there, one never returns. hmm. And you can't go there by words alone, by thought alone. Hmm? Here the Gita is talking about the ways to go there. Hmm? And somebody, us, we are being instructed how to go there, the implication of which is we're not quite there now and we've lost our way, so to speak. We've identified with matter, we've turned on the show, Hmm? and it's taken over our lives. But it's not working. So we seeking the more that we are. Hmm? As I said, we're not a thing. We have a sense that there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind, and it's us, actually. Hmm? And so the sacred texts, the guru and so forth, the saints, they are agents in this world of consciousness. They speak to consciousness about consciousness. Nature, the natural world, speaks to the, the less complex forms of life in terms of their necessities of how to eat, how to sleep, how to mate, how to defend themselves. There are answers built into every species of life. How to eat, how to sleep. Every every species has a defense system, as limited as it is. Um, but in human life, the question, not of how, that is a question, but why. This is the real question. Why? Purpose. Meaning. Hmm. What am I? Where did I come from? What is the meaning? This is a question that's not that the natural world can't answer. It's a supernatural question. It's a question that consciousness is asking, and that consciousness has come into the fore in human life. After many lives, we arrive at the human life, and the uniqueness about it is that it's the opportunity to inquire more than how. Hmm? And so we make the inquiry and there's an answer and the answer is coming from up to down hmm? we call it revelation hmm. and so that with some general sense there's more and pursuing it dissatisfied with our identification with matter without really even thinking that's what I'm doing necessarily we we we, we begin to pursue this, this spiritual path conscientiously the fact that we're pursuing it indicates that well Mm-hmm. We, 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 it could be said we need some help.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Gita is offering some help here, mm-hmm. It's speaking about the way to find it, to, to 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 forge the union, to bridge the gap, the apparent gap between ourselves and our source, mm-hmm. that will evaporate, if you will, the cloud of material existence and make it a sunny day every day. Mm-hmm. To Play the analogy out. So, this is where we are in the text. Hmm? And Krishna says, tapas-bibhya tapas <coughs> hmm? diko yogi byopi, matodika karmi diko yogi vavarjuna. A very, what might appear to be a sectarian statement in our pluralistic uh, world of pluralistic sensibilities. Hmm? He says, Better than the better than asceticism, hmm? he says. He says yoga, the yogi, he says, really is superior to the ascetic, superior to the jnani, superior to the the karmi. Therefore, Arjuna be a yogi. So these are different um, different courses, if you will. Uh, different paths to tread, um, and he's speaking about them with uh, with a gradation, and then he says, "Yoginam Shadavan jobam While yoga is better than gyan, better than karma, better than tapa. He says, of all the yogis, then. hmm, uh, He who abides in me with faith hmm, and and bhakti is most intimately intimately united with me and the best of all. So this sounds very sectarian. Hmm. Everyone thinks their path is the best. At least they should. Hmm. Otherwise, how would they have the... (laughs) The, the energy, the the faith, uh, the fortitude to, to pursue it, and a spiritual path, of course, is a courageous path. It's not an easy path. This is a real uh, the uh, the uh, the ultimate uh, adventure, if you will, mm-hmm. um, to 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 deal with with a death problem, mm-hmm. to deal with that which is is causing the uh, the appearance of death and all the fear and uh, anxiety that comes with our birth and existence in the material world. We live in a state of fear really to one extent or another. Mm-hmm. Some anxiety means the same thing, some uh, discomfort. After all, we're we are on death row. <laughs> we have a cell and we have a sentence. A certain amount of time and this body is out our cell and uh, it's a bit of a negative way to talk about it but we may get negative impetus to go in a positive direction if we uh, think about it from from that side from time to time hmm. and there is a considerable negativity in the fact that well huh you say well why Swami why talk about the world in such a negative way it, it I kinda like it you know in some respects but the Gita teaches that it is fine if you like it but you can't keep it so <laughs> It becomes that much more problematic, hmm? but that's not the whole story. There's you also, and you don't die. Hmm? Death is a, death is death is is a problem, only because you can't take the things that you're attached to with you. Hmm? But you don't have to be attached to things. You're not a thing. Adding things onto your life does not uh, improve you, which are not a, is which is not a thing. Hmm? which gives meaning to things. So, to let go of the things. So, a system for doing that, different systems. Mm-hmm. Krishna mentions them here, and there's a gradation that, uh, uh, among them. At the same time, they uh, may all be best for different persons at different times. Mm-hmm. Depending upon one's eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be There may be an evolution in them, uh, from one to another, according to one's, um, uh, well, history, and it's a long one, of many, many lives, and so forth. Hmm? So, um, but look at it another way. What is he saying here? He highlights um, karma and tapas and jnana, yoga, bhakti. Tapas means austerity. So if I say to you, as I have, there's a difference between you and your mind, you and your body, you are consciousness. Hmm? And you exist really independently of the body. The body will die, you'll continue to exist. Hmm. After all, if consciousness, as I said earlier, is not part of the natural world, that means it's not reducible to matter, then it doesn't conform to the constraints of time and space. All material things conform to the constraints of time and space. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. Hmm. So if something is not of the natural world, If it can't be reduced to matter it's a problem for a materialist, obviously, who thinks that everything has to fit into a a material or physicalist or naturalist uh, perspective. Hmm? Um, Therefore, as I say, the significance of consciousness, as ethereal as it is, undefinable and so forth, we're really saying it's more than matter. And it doesn't, therefore, uh, it is not confined by, it doesn't conform to, time and space that means it endures when the body does not endure Hmm? and so okay fine so you know to put another way you're 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 not that that the body that uh, you're not American you're not an Indian you're not a woman a man or black these are just things identifications with matter that have come to form around because something that matter to form around you in a particular way and you've acted accordingly and and you've acquired karmic re- reactions and so forth and so anyway you can step back from that so um if you're not the body then that means you don't need to eat to live right that's what we're saying here you don't you know, and so someone would say okay i am the so i i, I fast therefore Hmm? Just to give an example, so the tapasvi, you know, you, you ever hear the life of the Buddha?
2: Hmm?
0: So in the Buddha, in the beginning, he was a prince, and the, the astrologer said that uh, this boy will either be a great king or a great renunciate. So the idea of uh, uh, it, the notion that he would become. Possibly a, a, a great renunciate was very um, unappealing to his father, who wanted him to be the heir to the throne, and so he kept him inside the palace walls, so he would always be served and and uh, lead the, the kingly life and so forth. But on one occasion, um, the gates opened, and his, as a young lad and his charioteer you'd drive him around the palace compound, it must have been pretty large, and so forth. He said, hey, let's go out the door. You know, king said, we shouldn't do that. I, I'm the prince. You, you know, take me. So they went out, and along the way they saw the, the, the prince, Gotama. He saw a, um, a, a mother giving birth. So the baby came out, and the mother slapped him, and so forth. he said, oh, what's that? <laughs> he said, oh, the the." And the the charioteer said, that's birth, and the Buddha went, uh-huh, and, and uh, why does that happen? And the, and the charioteer said, everybody has to experience that, 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 that that's everywhere. Hmm? And so, okay, then he, he went further and he saw um, a, 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 a leper, hmm? diseased person. So he said, "What? what's that? He said, That's disease. Everybody has to experience disease at some point, to some extent. So I thought, okay, this is what the world outside the kingdom, the real world is, the bigger world. They went a little further, they saw an old person crippled by old age and feeble in mind and so forth, as, as old age can, can, can do to one. He said, what's that? That's old age. Uh, what does it say in the Gita what is the Sanskrit uh, um, uh, something like that um, anyway then he went a little further and he saw a dead person there was a funeral and said what's that, that's death so he saw birth Janmam rityu jara vyadi Birth, death, disease, and old age. This pervades the world. So Buddha saw each of these things once, and he became a renunciate. He thought, this is what the real world's at at the bottom line. Hmm? Everyone who dies, birth is certain. Whoever is born, death is certain. In between birth and death, disease and old age. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on, but these are the real issues you have to deal with. So he said, "That's it. I'm going to become a renunciate." So he he became a very extreme aesthetic, ascetic tapasya, fasting, hmm, and uh, very extreme um, self, materially speaking, denial, denial of the body, and so forth. There's, there's a you know, you've heard of the, the classical uh, fellow sleep, that sleeps on a bed of nails type of uh, Scenario. So there are people like this. You can find them in, in India, hmm? and they uh, you can find them in other places too. Sometimes uh, they pierce themselves, and uh, they get altered states of consciousness. A very extreme mortification, I guess you would 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 would, would call it. So Krishna says uh, yoga is better than that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because in the context of yoga, there is a moving away from the world of the mind and the (coughs) senses, but it's a little more subtle and more refined, hmm? Uh, less extreme, and it brings with it uh, other benefits than mere mortification of the body. So he says this tapaspa, tapaspa, uh, there may be a place for it. There's a place for it within the context of yoga, in fact, but not to itself, Hmm. he says this this is uh, yoga is better than that yoga, so, and then karma karma is dealing with the body karma means hmm, the path of action the path of acquisition hmm. so there's a system for example given in the sacred text how to get things we go to a you know uh, there are different courses you could take how to get things how to win friends and lose enemies or whatever <laughs> all this type of thing and that kind of thing. But as a system in the sacred text of how to do certain rituals and so forth to create a certain environment where you could get a good son or a good daughter or this or that that and so on and so forth. So the path, the probability mark, the path of acquisition hmm, is better than asceticism and better than the path of acquisition which are kind of two extremes in a sense. Uh, The path of gyan, the path of knowledge, better than that even is the path of yoga. So let's go to jnana, knowledge, yoga, uh, and bhakti. Hmm? These are three paths that lead to a transcendental result. Hmm? Um, And they're very uh, systematic and uh, Krishna is saying, amongst them the best is really bhakti. We have uh, a mind, we have a body, we have a heart. Uh, Heart, you could say, is part of the body, but it's easy to think of it as something different than the body. You could give your body, but not your heart. Hmm? You could give your head, but not your heart. Hmm? If you give your heart, then the body and the mind, they follow. Wherever the heart goes, hmm, the body and mind follow. The heart doesn't necessarily go where the mind goes or where the body goes. The mind doesn't necessarily go where the body goes. The body pretty much goes where the mind goes. So anyway, of them all, anyone, anyone, anywhere, if we say body, mind and heart, which is more important. They say the heart. We are all lovers by nature. And of course, also anatomically, I suppose you could say, or biologically, well, the body could be paralyzed, hmm. the mind could be, you know, what brain dead. As long as the heart's beating, there's a debate <laughs> whether the machine should be unplugged or not. And the tendency to think is well. And there are instances where someone's been in the coma for years, actually, and they, and they come out. The heart is still beating. So this is kind of the bottom line. So from a Yoga perspective, and the perspective of the spiritual path—that path which deals with the heart—it's hmm? not hard for us to think that's the best path. Hmm? Yes, that makes sense. Therefore, let's take Buddhism. Buddhism is a path, but when you when, when what's the most what's the most popular path in Buddhism? It's the Tibetan path of the Dalai Lama, which is all about compassion. It's this kind of Buddhism with a heart. Zen is popular too, but it's not as popular, and it's not a heart path if compared to you know, the, the, the Tibetan path. So as much as you factor the heart into any path, it's going to be appealing to, to people, because people, uh, as I said earlier, it's not really a misfiring of the brain. In human life, what's happening is consciousness is coming to the fore, and consciousness is a unit of giving capacity. It has some capacity to love. Hmm? Indeed, it is the very object of love in this world. That's why I say often, it's not things that we love; it's ourself that we love. And only the things that we've invested ourselves in do we love. We love the things that we've invested ourselves in, that we've identified with. It's mine, or I would like it to be mine. Hmm? Means I, a unit of consciousness, have invested myself in the thing. And the thing has value because I'm in it. If it's, as like I said before, if it's my car, then whatever happens to it has a lot of meaning. If it's your car, well, it's too bad. <laughs> it's the same car, same model, same make. You know. There's no difference between two. Why is, why is one more meaningful than the other? Why? Because I'm in it. Because it's mine. Because I've gone there so to speak, or I want it to be mine. I've identified with a certain form of matter and that has meaning to me. So it's me that has meaning. If we trace it out, it's me that I love. I have, I'm have, i a unit of consciousness. I'm an object. Swasukam, hmm? Sukadeva was described in the Bhagavatam. Swasukam, Happiness of his own self. Hmm? He could be still in the happiness of himself. Withdrawing or... Um, you know, withdrawing himself from identification with matter. Hmm? When we do that, you see, we become bigger. We think we'll be bigger by extending ourselves into matter and saying, mine, and acquiring things. We'll become bigger, but we actually become smaller. Hmm? The heart becomes harder. We have to protect those things. These things are mine. And they're not yours. <laughs> so, this is the heart is becoming smaller by such an exercise. When we withdraw from the things, hmm, even from people who we are only identified with because we see them as an object hmm, that we can that can improve our lives, can fill a gap in my life. hmm, And we shouldn't see people like that hmm, Hmm. as something to be used for our own mentally conceived sense of self. So when, when we when we withdraw from things and from people, hmm, we actually arrive at a at a at a, a, a more um, a position that, which we're better able to love them hmm, for what to see them for what they are. If you get too close to a thing, you can't see it. Hmm? If it's your daughter, she does something wrong, you know. Everybody's telling you your daughter is a problem. And you think. Well, you know, maybe, but, you know, <laughs> I don't quite see it like that. So, some objectivity, renunciation, stepping back, withdrawing our consciousness from things, gives us a bigger picture, hmm? it gives us an objective picture, and we are a lover by nature, a giver by nature, so then we can learn how to actually give fully. Hmm? We can still interrelate with things, but not as if they're ours. Hmm? and ours means the small world of our mind that derived arrived at by attachment to things we're going to a bigger world we're small in the big picture but that's big hmm? knowing how small you are in in is 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 is, is a big thing hmm? that's why i say that's self you see if you understand it hmm? You want to say? I want to say consciousness is supernatural. So, w- what is what is a symptom of someone who's realized their supernatural self, Swami? You know, then when we say you know I don't believe in the supernatural, I'm saying you are supernatural. What's a symptom? One would be, simply put, uh, humility. See, humility is not really part of the world. <laughs> Of survival for the fittest, so it's other otherworldly. It's a misfiring <laughs> as they would, as they might might think of it, erroneously. It's a big thing. It's huge. It's uh, it's it's um, you know it. it uh, uh. So to move away from things. This makes the heart bigger. The self expands by giving; it contracts by taking. We don't go anywhere. It's not that we grow bigger and fatter and so forth. The more we give, <laughs> we might even get thinner <laughs> in terms of our material, you know, sense of self and so forth. But we give, we 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 become bigger. We identify with more than just what my senses and mind say I need and are important. We can think of others' needs, the worldly needs, uh, the country's needs. Think not what your you can do for your what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, and this kind of idea, and the world, and, and of course, yoga means to go further, hmm? further and further. So the path of jnana, the path of knowledge, the path of yoga, and the path of of bhakti, these are three paths, and they deal with three correspond with three. Faces, if you will, of divinity. Hmm? They're all about realizing how small the self is and coming in touch with the source of the self that's big. Hmm? And in, in to different measures or to, 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 different, to different extents. Hmm? We can look at it like this. There is being, knowing, and loving. Hmm. We exist, we know, and we love. Hmm. Which is more important? You could say, well, they're all pretty, pretty important. If we didn't exist, you couldn't know and, and love, but true. So you could say existence was the most important, but think of it like this. You could exist and not know that you exist. There could be an unconscious existence. Indeed, matter is an unconscious existence, as we've talked about it already. Hmm? Unto itself, it's not aware of itself. So there could be existence without knowing, and without knowing, obviously without, without loving. But there couldn't be a knowing without existing. So if you know, you have to exist also. You could exist, but not know and love. But you couldn't know and not exist. But you could know and exist, but not love. But you could not love and not know and exist. This is the idea. So the loving component mm-hmm. of the self, this is the most significant. We say it in Sanskrit, sat, chit, ananda. So the sat means being. Chit means knowing. Ananda means loving. Hmm? Being, knowing, loving. That atomic unit of consciousness, that we are, it's an atom of being, knowing, and loving. Hmm? The path of jnana, of knowing, it's a certain particular path with all of its limbs and what it constitutes and so forth without going into detail about it. The path of knowing hmm, centers on existing, exist existential aspect of the self. The path of yoga focuses on the knowing aspect of the self, the chit, and bhakti focuses on the ananda, the loving aspect of the self.
2: Hmm?
0: So they are corresponding, if you will, faces of the absolute Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, corresponding with being, knowing, and loving. We put it like this. Some people love to exist and some people exist to love. Which will you choose? This is the idea. <laughs> so when we put it like that, well I think it's better to love to to exist to love rather than to love to exist. Hmm? So this is the idea that Krishna is speaking about here. Hmm? He says that yoga and this is the, what the subject of this chapter is Ashtanga Yoga, mixed with sambhakti. It's the sixth chapter of the Gita. Hmm? He's talked about the path of karma. He's talked about the path of jnana, of knowing. Here he's talking about the path of yoga and then he's gonna talk about the path of bhakti. The verses I've cited tonight are, as like I said, the bridge between the path of yoga and the path of bhakti. So, the path uh, the, in, uh, uh, and yoga here means the path of of knowing and bhakti means the path of knowing. Of, of of loving. And, again, Gyan means the path of, well, being, hmm, actually. To, hmm, it's a little complicated, huh? Uh, not too bad. Uh, think of it like this um, In the path of Gyan, the, the goal is to know that you are not matter and therefore you exist eternally. Hmm? You're already existing, you're eternal, you're not matter. Hmm? Know that you're not matter. How will you know? Think about it Um, and maybe some satori will come, an epiphany and you'll it'll happen to you and there's actually some disciplined path for for really cultivating what i'm talking about you are not matter hmm? and you corner yourself on all sides by this knowing from the sacred texts and the logic that brings out their impl- its implication and so forth and and uh and and, and, and in the context of that some self self knowing is arrived at hmm? so you know that you, uh, that, you, uh, that you are an enduring unit of existence. That's pretty powerful. I don't mean you know in your head. You know it. Hmm? You experience it. That's the end of all fear, all anxiety. It's huge. Huge. <coughs> it's the end of all suffering.
1: Hmm?
0: It will bring tears to your eyes of joy. I, 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 I be. I am. I'm I'm so profound what I am that I could just sit and contemplate that I am forever and it would be shanti, shanti, shanti peaceful, peaceful peaceful no more more being chased by my mind's demands by the conflicting demands of my senses one of which pulls me this way the other one at the same time pulls me another way no more of this it's over the struggle is over it was an illusion. I, I was th- all the time, hmm? never, never threatened even, but I had got scared. <laughs> Material life like a haunted house. Only I, I just got scared, hmm? identified with something that, that w- was an illusion, a ghost. Hmm? I have nothing to fear, and so in Ganmark they'll speak about it like almost as if there's no path. What's to, what's to, what's to be learned? You already are a unit of knowing, uh, and so forth. Still you don't know it. <laughs> so the object of this path is to be forever. Hmm? And the the, the the knowing of it, it, element of it, the knowing, I'm talking about being, knowing, and loving. So to, the object is to be, hmm? to know that you be, and love to be. So the being has an element of knowing in it, an element of loving in it, but it's knowing that I be hmm? and loving that I that I am. Knowing that I am and loving that I am. Hmm? And some people are satisfied with that. Hmm? And for good reason, it's profound, super profound compared to anything you could do materially to adjust your life, to be more politically correct or to have more things or to be a nicer person, be psychologically balanced, well, the, all of these things pale uh, to the extreme in comparison to the, the life I'm speaking about of self-realization, that I exist independently of matter. Hmm? And, the, and such persons can sit forever. Why move? Hmm? Like Ramana Maharshi, the kind of person you might have heard, he's a, a beer. Hmm? He knows that he is and he loves to be yoga marg, that's mm. the path of Gyan, now the yoga path. Yoga path is articulated here in the Gita in the sixth chapter and also in the sutras of Patanjali. Mm. This is a slightly different, it's another transcendental path, a path that leads to transcendence, but it's slightly nuanced, slightly different. Mm. And the yoga path focuses on the knowing yes. element, the chit element of the self, not the sat. But the so in yoga you also exist obviously the, that realization is there in ashtanga, we're talking ashtanga yoga here ashtanga yoga the goal krishna nama he's the guru of two the two most famous yogis in the west right patanjali pata, 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 pata and uh, uh, ayengar hmm? he clearly made the point well taken The goal of yoga is bhikuntham. This means shantarasa, shantarasa. Implication is that while in jnan the realization is I exist there is no sense of any other. I am, and I am constituted of that ground of being that underlies everything i'm of the, i'm i 'm standing on that ground, and i 'm made of that ground there's no other Others are problems <laughs> in one sense, so this is a way of doing away with them mm. uh, there's no there's no sense of any other. Hmm. I am only, but in yoga there's a slight sense of another. <coughs>
2: hmm.
0: In the, if you study the sutras of Patanjali, the, the 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 most prominent practice that he recommends is Ishwar Pranidhan. Ishwar Pranidhan means to acknowledge the Ishwar, hmm. to make submission to the Ishwar.
2: Hmm.
0: So, some beating of the heart is going on there. Some sense of love. Hmm. There's another. Hmm and the other is the ishwar the, the the controller ishwar means controller so in yoga of course we learn to control we learn to control even even the internal organs you can control the heart and its beats it's a pretty sophisticated system of controlling mm-hmm. so the idea is like god controls everything the parma-atma, there's the atma and we say Paramatma. so there is the atma and the atma means that self that could identify with matter and be confused. Paramatma is that source that cannot be confused.
2: Hmm?
0: Like the sun above the clouds. It's always shining there. Hmm? So, the focus in yoga is the Ishwar. Not to be the Ishwar, but to be like the Ishwar.
2: Hmm? Something like that. Hmm?
0: So there's an introduction of of another. A consciousness constituted other. Hmm? not a material other. So it doesn't become a problem. In material life, there are others, but the others are only in appearance. They're Indians, they're Americans, they're Chinese, uh, uh, they're Africans, and so on and so forth. Well, that's just a construct. Hmm? Get to the bottom, we are all consciousness, right? But in consciousness another, another constitutive consciousness, then the implication is there's there's not going to be a problem with there being another or others. So in yoga, another is introduced. And if you think about it, well, uh, there has to be another, as I said earlier, for there to be loving. Hmm? So in Yogamarg, the goal is not only to be, but to know, and to know the other. Hmm? And there's a kind of a beatific vision use a Catholic uh, term, sitting in eternal uh, samadhi hmm? on the significant other. Hmm. There's an acknowledgement that there's another, but there's no real meaningful interaction between the two. Hmm? Uh, Now we go to bhakti In Bhakti, the emphasis is on Ananda, the love aspect of the self. And love is very much about movement. Hmm. It is said, I say, that we cannot rest until we find love, speaking materially. When we find it, we move again. We go into another orbit. Hmm. There's the one orbit looking for love, and another orbit, once you've found it, it has an orbit of its own. It goes up, she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, she loves me. It, but we don't want to get off of that, hmm? ah. you know uh, you know, uh, Swami, you know, my partner's like this, it's really a problem, but, but I really do love him mm-hmm. yeah. you know <laughs> i really but I really do love her, you know, but, man, she drives me crazy but but I really do love her, something like that, I hear that all the time, so uh love is a movement it involves movement,, hmm? it's not a problematic. Movement in a sense, it's 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 a desirable type of movement. So interaction with the significant other, the source, the Godhead. There's interaction. Hmm? There's service rather than just seeing the other in awe. So interacting with the other, hmm? and that interaction, after all, love is. Reciprocal dealings. The love will be measured on a scale to which, uh, on which the the the, the, me- the measure is the degree to which there is reciprocation. The reciprocation becomes so fluid at a certain point that you and I are one. Hmm? You understand? You and I are one. I, I, you take my heart, I'll take your heart. You keep your body, I keep mine. We'll change hearts. In other words, whatever you want, I want. Whatever I want, you want. You and I are still there. (laughs) But we've made a union, a dynamic union in love. Hmm? So the bhakti is about this kind of union with the Absolute. Hmm? And that is the the condition in which one exists only to love. Hmm? Doesn't love to exist, but exists only to love. Doesn't exist Loves only to, uh, and, 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 and loves, knows only to love. In other words, he only knows what he she needs to know to love. In love, there's a kind of knowing that's essential. In love, you know what to do. There's no extra knowledge there, no unneeded knowledge. You know what to do, and you do that. Hmm. So Krishna's saying, this is, this is, this is, I, he's saying, I'm the source. People talk about me in different ways. They say, I am Brahman, I am Paramatma, I am this, I am that. They vision me a different way. They approach me in different ways, and I reciprocate accordingly. Hmm? But this bhakti path that I'm going to speak about now, in the following six chapters, he says, that's all about me. And some people want to live, e- want eternal life. They can get it from me. Some people want to know everything. Be all omniscient. That's the goal of yoga, omniscience. Hmm? in samadhi. So that I can give that too. And some people want me. I can give myself too. And I like that most. One who can give omniscience, one who can give eternality. Those are big things. You say, I'll take it. But those people who are not satisfied with living eternally and knowing everything, what else can I give them? I have to give them myself. And I happen to have life. Hmm? Uh, and that life is interaction with with others who, who are only interested in me. And you know what? I'm really only interested in them. Oh, the gyanis, I give them eternal life. The yogis, I give them full knowledge. Hmm? The devotees, I'm purchased by them. And this is what when we speak of Krishna, this is what we're talking about. Krishna means that source, Brahman, captured by the love of the devotee. The love, the bhakti, Overwhelms Krishna, hmm? so we see that the, 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 there's the, therefore there's a, there's the a depiction. God becomes the lover of someone, hmm? the friend, the child of someone. Hmm? It, the implication theologically is that God had become subordinate to the bhakti, to the love, completely captured, hmm? completely. So it's a, it speaks about a union with the divine that is more. Comprehensive in a sense, but to each his own. Hmm? Krishna says, "To each his own. As you like, I can give, and not so many people want me necessarily. Hmm? Um, But those that do, this is that's a very extraordinary (laughs) um, uh, affair. Hmm? That we call leela. To enter into the leela, the leela is the end, end, end result, and it's ongoing." divine play. It's like this. I'll give you another way to think about it and we'll conclude with this. God is omniscient. God can give omniscience, all-knowing. Hmm? It means knowing everything you need to know, I suppose. Uh, but omniscience, if you really think about it, then you, you think, that might be kind of boring, knowing everything. You know what's going to happen. You know, you kind of there's excitement in not knowing what's going to happen and heading off and... So, he who knows everything, that's not enough for the Godhead. It's not enough. So what do you do when you know everything? Then you then you, you play. Hmm? When you get bored, I mean to say, then you play. I'm bored, so let's make something up. This is Leela. So Krishna played, The Absolute plays. That's called Leela. But he plays so hard. Hmm? that the play becomes rea- the re- the reality of the Godhead. The play becomes more real, more comprehensive manifestation of divinity than the all-knowing absolute. Hmm? When God plays, he plays hard. <laughs> Something like that. And, and he plays in relation to his devotees and he actually thinks, I am this person's friend, I am this person's lover, I, and... And his omniscience recedes to the background. Hmm? Hmm. This is the... In Bhakti we're talking about a union between the finite and the infinite in which the infinite has to take a finite-like appearance in order for there to be unity. Because if he maintains an infinite appearance, we feel there's a difference. I'm small. God's big. Whoa! So, so God takes on a finite-like appearance then there can be a greater intimacy, greater union. And what causes that is the bhakti itself, the love of the devotee. You know, it, it it captures the heart of God. God comes to the devotee, puts himself in the hands of the devotee. Hmm? This is a very beautiful idea. This is what Krishna is talking about and he says, this is best of all, I like this the most. It's understandable. <laughs> we can understand the psychology of God here, he's revealing to us. and This is how I feel about it. Hmm? Uh, so he has his perspective. It's fair enough. Hmm? Any question? Yes.
3: Um, I don't know, maybe I'll answer my own question here. But in the beginning, you, you mentioned the uh, the non that in matter. consciousness Uh, and what came to mind when you said that was uh, Bhakti Ross and I showed some new age movie or saw it, I forget uh, and uh, and the premise was there that as we react to matter, matter reacts to us Uh, experiment, they put water you know, they would take water and they would scream Mm -hmm. at it yell at it at it and uh, you know there would be a reaction yeah and then they would love it and they would express their love to it and there would be beauty in the, in the mm-hmm. ice that formed the crystals and another experiment what was it they, they, they put jars of, of, of water was it water what was it do you remember yeah, it's water just plain water mm-hmm. And they would react with it. You know, every yeah. day you took one jar jar and you just ignored it, and the other jar you, you you show your you express your uh, negative emotions towards, and the other jar of water, it's just water, mm-hmm. but you're expressing your positive emotion to, mm-hmm. and there's different reactions over time
0: in the molecules. So and how would you explain? Well, uh, I said earlier that that it, it, uh, it matter. Like the television, it has movement, but it requires someone to turn it on. So once you turn, without turning on matter, so to speak, the Gita says apare amitas jiva bhuta baho jagat. So the jiva, the self, the consciousness, consciousness is animating the world. So when we say it's animating the world, it means it's turning it on. So it's, it takes on a life. Hmm? Matter takes on a life, so to speak, like the television takes on a life, to use that example, but there has to be someone to turn it on in the first place. And so, matter is a cause. It's 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 an, it's one of the factors in uh, causation. And so is the self. Hmm? And the world is constituted of both of them, the interaction between consciousness and matter. Hmm? And so, but one, I'm saying, turns the other on, without which... It, 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 and also in the examples you're giving the consciousness is investing its own love in the water
2: hmm?
0: the change that's coming about is what it's in, what's put it's put in it so to speak so i said gave the example before of the self extends itself into into a material object and it takes on meaning similarly it, its constitution may be altered that's what consciousness is doing consciousness is giving form and shape to matter hmm? it's the shaper it's the former I mean, that that, that you're a unit of consciousness and you 've acted in a certain way and matter in relation to matter and matters forming around you in a karmic um, package hmm? so it's not that matter has no movement but consciousness is causing it to move and then it, and those modes of nature, Rajas, Thomas, and Sattva, and so forth—they are agitated by the, poetically speaking, by the glance of Vishnu, and <coughs> that that glance is consciousness, Shiva, and the world starts to move and so forth. So, that's the idea. Hmm. Another question?
2: Um,
0: more seeking. Yeah, everybody's seeking happiness in one way or another. It's living into these natural um, propensities, and you 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 gave different examples: Um, seeking happiness in all knowledge, or happiness in in um, existing, and then of course the happiness that comes from love. And you made the point that it's harder to find that. I mean, it's harder to how does the seeker become so
3: fortunate and actually get the love
2: well
0: i think that we really we become fortunate with regard to our spiritual prospect by association and so there are persons on uh on the path for example of bhakti gyan yoga um and they um and as they become very ad- advanced on these paths, they become teachers. They associate. They give association to others, and people develop, in their company, a sunscar, a tendency towards one of those paths or another. So, it's like who you associate with, with you become like. So, really, our spiritual interest is, is in one sense, a product of our association. In a general sense, we may have a spiritual interest and then we seek, we try to pursue it and there's an answer to it, a response that comes, so to speak, in the form of association, the teacher uh, and, and then then we imbibe a sanskar, a tendency towards the path of that same teacher. This, of course, may happen over lifetimes and so forth. So, if we get the association of a a superlative uh, devotee, a a, uh, highly advanced devotee in the path of bhakti, then we're going to get a sangskara for bhakti, Hmm? a tendency for that. That's how it comes. It's like we sit and talk and I'm trying to arrange my feelings logically and so forth to explain theory, but if I have any realization, then something else is being shared beyond the logic and everything that's going around in your head that you allow, you know, some to go in and some not to go in and so forth. There's something else. The spiritual standing of the person itself is kind of invisibly uh, transmitted and, it, has, it I, well, a person can create an impression on the heart towards a particular path and a tendency towards it and so forth. So that's what saintly people do with regard to their particular tradition. Hmm? So, therefore, like for example, I've, I know people who have been disposed towards the Gyan Marg because of association. Hmm? You won't find... What you won't find is people from the Bhakti Marg being influenced by a tendency towards the yoga mark and gyan mark, if they are actually treading that path of bhakti um, in a steady way, hmm? whereas you can find people going the opposite way. They'll be steady and even perfect in the path of gyan, and they will go to come to the path of bhakti by association or in yoga. There are many examples of this in you know, all, all the sacred texts, like Sukadev, for example, he was, the Kumars. These are very prominent examples in the texts, hmm? but they don't go the other way because I've explained being, knowing, loving, and loving being that being and knowing are included in loving hmm? comprehensively. So, um, the power of we say sadhusanga, power of, of saintly association. This is what makes us. Uh, fortunate to tread the path in a in a systematic way and go step by step and actually make, make 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 progress. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sadhusanga, sadhusangha, sabashasteko Lava lavamatra, Sadhu Saru Siddhi Hai is emphasized like this little association that just goes long long way Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Guru Krishna Prasadivahi Bhakti vej. we call it luck Saru Sangha means luck good fortune hmm? it's not anything you did to merit it something like that hmm? it's a grace Bhakti's path of grace, the effort in bhakti is to get grace. Make effort for grace. If God wants you to know Him, then you can know. Otherwise, if He doesn't want you to know, it will not be possible. Hmm. So, to be honest with you, in the path of yoga and the path of jnana, if you study these things very carefully in the sacred texts, you'll find that you cannot be successful in jnana without a little bit of bhakti. You cannot be successful in yoga without a little bit of bhakti. You can be successful in bhakti without any yoga, without any jnana. So that's the idea. It's very powerful. All right, we stop there. Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki jaya. Sisiradamadha ki